Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. On occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Borgosh Energy, proud sponsor of the GAA All-Ireland Under-20 and Senior Hurling Championships. Hashtag hurling to the core. Hello and welcome to the Throwing Independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Borgosh Energy. I'm Will Slattery and I'm delighted to be previewing the All-Ireland Hurling Championship today with none other than Michael Verney. Michael, hello. How are you, Will? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, looking forward to now that we, I guess it looks like the, the championship is going ahead, we, we can concentrate on on-field matters for the most part. Uh, the Hurling Championship gets underway in a game that does double as a league final as well, uh, Limerick versus Clare. But before we kick off, I might just go through the All-Ireland odds with you and just get your take on whether you think this is maybe an accurate representation of where teams are at going into it. So we have Limerick as favourites at 5-2, then Tip at 10-3, Kilkenny at 9-2, Galway 6-1, Cork 13-2, Wexford 9-1, Water at sixteen to one, Clare twenty two to one, Dublin fifty to one, and Leash five hundred to one. Does that sound about right to you now? As we as we head in, Limerick favourites with All Ireland champions Tip uh, just behind them. I tell you what's a funny one, Will. When you look at uh, when Tipperary were reigning champions going into any year, they were always nearly favourites the year after. Hmm. They were vying for favourites probably with Kilkenny in twenty eleven, but they were definitely heavy favourites in twenty seventeen, and the country was basically saying that they were unbeatable. Yeah. And now I even just looked at our uh, our jury in the Irish Independent magazine last Saturday, and they're coming. In, nobody tipped uh, tip to win the All Ireland, which is unbelievable in itself, uh, in- including myself. Now, my opinion might have changed a small bit when I saw Mike Casey is out, and they have basically two of their full backline players, Mike Casey and Richie English, both out. Whereas Tipperary, I think, have a clean bill of health coming into this year's championship. You're going to pick up Knox during it, but I think it's important not to be starting without anyone. Look at look at Limerick. They're starting without two or three players. Look at Clare. They're starting without a handful of players. You, that you don't want to be you know, an, in any way handicapped before you start. So I think um, like if, if I was a betting man, which I am, I think, mm. I t- I think Tipperary is probably the value at this stage. They only Again, they only have to win four games to win the All-Ireland through the front door. Limerick have to win five and probably come through one of the hardest passages to win an All-Ireland from a quarter-final, semi-final, final, and then the rest of the games. Of, other, of the other odds there, I couldn't have Cork. Couldn't have Cork that high up in, in winter conditions. I just couldn't have them that high up. Their, their league performances over the last decade or more just haven't suggested that this type of championship will suit them. But I think Limerick, Tipperary kind of vying for favouritism is about right. And just the fact that Kilkenny are facing the winners of Leicester Dublin in a, in a Leinster semi-final and would be likely favourites heading into a, a Leinster final. They're probably about right there in third place, having kind of consolidated over the last couple of years and got themselves back to a really, really high level while it still looked like they were building and in, the, in transition. But yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. Tipperary are probably the value when you're looking at the odds, it's a... 
Yeah, and does the it uh, is reverting back to the more traditional format of uh, provincial knockout and then the qualifiers? Does that change it in your mind in any way in terms of who would be best place to go to go through it versus the Ren Robin we've had the last two seasons? Uh, just from the point of view of a uh, of a Kilkenny, maybe Kilkenny are like looking like they should be in a Leinster final, all going well. In my opinion, anyway, I can't see them not being in a Leinster final. So from their their point of view, it's far more advantageous for them. For a Galway or a Wexford, it's it's not. You're going through the back door after being beaten in the Leinster semi-final, whichever one of them is. So it's obviously going to favour... Like, look at the, the, the Munster draw. It's totally skewed. You have Cork and Waterford. Waterford, after picking up a, a serious blow there last night with the news that Park Matney is out, like that will definitely dent their hopes. But they still only have to win one game to get to a Munster final, whereas in previous years, they probably would have had to win three. So it's advantageous for some. Cork, Waterford, Kilkenny... Uh, it's a disadvantage for like Clare. Clare are going to have to beat <laughs> Limerick, the Munster champions and league champions from last year. They're going to have to beat Tipperary, and they're going to have to beat either Cork or Waterford to win yeah. a Munster. They're they're twenty to one to win the Munster championship, but they're they're by far the longest odds in in Munster. Um, one thing before we maybe go into the two provincial previews, Yellow Slaters has been a talking point. Uh, you know, as someone who's played under Kenny Hurling yourself, like how is this a mountain out of a molehill? Because some big names have weighed in, and they're not happy. Yeah, no, I, ju- I just think it's a strange one. Well, I, I like the I like the the reasoning for bringing it in, but there was no, there's basically been no conversation. It's a classic kind of a GA move in in, ma- in many instances. There, we're waiting so long for many other things to happen, and then all of a sudden they're just bringing in a, a luminous ball without really getting anybody's opinions on it. Like the white the white ball is synonymous with hurling. Uh, you can say that the the luminous ball will maybe help with visibility and things like that. I'd be interested in one, the, the yellow ball that was used for the Super 11s, the, the rims are, qu- are quite, uh, the rims and the ball itself is quite, was quite dead. So it'd be interesting if it's just the exact same slitter, but it's yellow, I think that's okay. If the, the texture of the slitter changes or anything like that, I think that, then we have a problem. It's, it's, a, it's a very strange one to be bringing in in this championship of, of all championships. But um, it's, it's definitely going to be something different. Like, like will, will it affect players at all? Not really, but most players, I think, and most GA people and Harlem people in particular are very traditional and don't like things to change. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Once it's in, once it's in, it's very hard to see it been phased out again or anything like that, unless there's a problem with the texture of the ball, which there probably won't be. But listen, this is a, a crazy year. We might as well throw yellow slitters into the mix as well. No, definitely. It'll be something to, to watch out for, especially, as I said, because a couple of uh, big names in the sport have voiced their concerns. Anyway, uh, look, Munster Championship. So, you know, you mentioned Limerick Clare this weekend, the winner playing Tipperary and what could be a Limerick tip clash that, that everyone would really like to see. Cork water from the other side of the draw. You mentioned tip uh, going for back to back and how the last two times in particular, they've been heavy favorites. They haven't done it since the 1960s when, you know, their, their glory era where they did it twice in, in, a, in a short period of time. Will it help them not being the big favourites this time if they want to go again and retain that title? Like Because the last time, you could argue that they did maybe get a bit complacent and certainly defending the title in 2016 anyway, or 2017 rather. Like, does this help uh, Liam Sheedy uh, you know, plot that All-Ireland course? Well, it's like this, Well, Nobody's talking about it. Mm. Nobody's talking about tip going for back-for-back. Back. I think people are just talking about the fact that we're going to have championships and... Anything that puts less pressure on a team or less expectation on a team, I think, has to be a good thing. 
Uh, they're not going to have it ran down their throats in the media. Well, I haven't seen it yet, and I, it's unlikely to see it. They haven't done the, the back-to-back since 64, 65. That's not the narrative this year. It's not, you know, everybody says, you know, people will be joking, saying Tip are, are the kings of the one in a row. Like, nobody's talking about that anymore. Nobody's talking about them going for back-to-back. So I think, I think it definitely has to be a plus. I think the lack of a preseason um, is a massive plus, given the age profile of their squad. I think their squad in particular, and probably maybe a Kilkenny squad, that will help the likes of TJ Reid and Colin Fenley. You ally that to Tipperary, you know, Seamus Callan, Potty Matter, Bonner Matter, Brendan Matter. They're all over 30. They're not going to have to go through a big three-month pre-season or anything like that. Uh, it does also, the way the games are, are going to be, the fact that they don't have a big preseason also brings in another question. Will players be able to last the 75 to 80 minutes that they've been conditioned to last over the last couple of years? So then that brings in strength of panels. And if you're looking at strength of panels, it's very hard to look past probably a Tipperary or a Limerick. Tipperary have won the last two under-21 and under-20 titles. They have a load of young players waiting to come through. Limerick the same. They have a big, you know, a big squad. They have a lot of interchangeable players that can come in and finish games. So I think with the way conditions are going to be and with the lack of a preseason, I think it still probably favours... The, the strongest squads and Tipperary definitely come into that and the fact that they have no pressure is always a plus as well uh, Yeah and what about the favourites Limerick then obviously they looked set to go back to back themselves last year after winning the league in, in in style winning the Munster Championship again you know they beat Tipperary but Brian Hogan was probably man of the match that day he made a number of saves to keep the scoreline even to what it was but then they ran into Kilkenny that buzzsaw in the opening half and never recovered yeah, they do look well primed again. Like, what? How do you assess them coming into the championship? Uh, I watched Limerick play Galway earlier on in the league, and they're playing a style of hurling that does not look conducive to winter hurling. And then you you think, how were they able to do this? It's so slick, short passing, little triangles, creating space, and they have it honed to down to such a fine tee now that they're able to play that really, really high kind of high pressure, high skilled kind of uh, game game plan. At any time of the year, so I think they're in. I think they're in a great position. You look at a couple of the best players in the Limerick Hurling Championship this year were probably David Dempsey, Connor Boylan, uh, even like Paddy O'Loughlin, guys that aren't guaranteed starters with Limerick. They have a load of guys ready to come in. Now I will say the loss of Mike Casey is huge. Looks like he's going to uh, miss the whole championship and probably miss the next, you know, eight to nine months with a cruciate. Richie English did his cruciate against Galway earlier on this year in the league. He's only just getting back. John Kiley kind of non-committally said he he said he playing a Limerick jersey over the coming months, whether that's you know this month or next <laughs> month. No, nobody really knows or this weekend. But yeah. to be starting without your number three and your number four, like who who are they going to put full back? Full back will be interesting. It's not like a wing back or a midfielder. It's so specialised. And like if they play Tipperary, their full back, whoever that is, is going to be marking Seamus Callan. If they bring yeah. in a rookie cornerback. He's probably going to be marking a Bubbles or a John McGrath. So they're not going to be like they're going to be thrown straight into the fire. Uh, I believe Barry Nash, who came on last year, wing back in the All Ireland semi final, was brilliant. I believe he's been back cornerback. So that may be one of the, the slots kind of sorted. But the fact that they're coming in kind of with two big injuries is, is a concern. Definitely a concern. Yeah, and they, they, you know, tough test against Clare this weekend, who, as you mentioned, are, are down a couple of key men going into the championship and have. A very, very difficult path that they want to, to, to go through the front door anyway. Yeah, no, like when you're looking at what Claire are missing, like Podge Collins, uh, you're looking at Podge Collins, Peter Duggan, all-star in 2018. Podge was obviously nominated for Herder of the Year in 2013. John Conlon, 
could have been hurler of the year in 2018. There's three of their big, big players missing. I think there's only four of the starting team from that 2013 All-Ireland replay win. I think it's Pat O'Connor, Tony Kelly, David McInerney and Shane O'Donnell. They still have a very good team, but when you go from, just say, you're losing three or four starters, so three or four lads have to come in and start in their place, which, which is fine. Your starting team is still strong. But what's coming in then with 20 or 25 minutes to go or if there's a big injury early in the game is not nearly as strong. And just, it's very, very hard to get away from the fact that they're missing three or four of the best players for the championship. It, re- it really, really is. Um, the Podge Collins one is a funny, is a funny one. He, op- he seems to have opted out for this year and he's gone kicking football uh, with his dad and Claire, which is, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether to read into that, whether there's something going on or not. And Colin Galvin is obviously missing as well, who's their, who's their playmaker too. Um, I just don't know. I just don't think, don't think they're going to have the strength and depth to have an Aaron Cunningham is, is back is an interesting one. This one this weekend's an interesting one too. Aaron Cunningham will probably be playing for Claire and his father, Alan, is a coach with Limerick. Um, oh. And I think he, I was chatting to him earlier on the year, Aaron, and he kind of said his dad was probably happy to have him away over the last couple of years so that they wouldn't have these awkward kind of things at the breakfast table or the dinner table. But they'll obviously have it this weekend before this match. But uh, very hard to get away from the fact what Claire are missing, the talent that they don't have available to them. And I'd be shocked, shocked if they were able to beat Limerick at the weekend. And the other side of the draw, Cork and Waterford, as you mentioned, the Cork traditionally in the league over the last, you know, 10 years or so as you said haven't really hit the heights they have later in the summer on occasion and then for Waterford Liam Cappell new manager you know he's left players like Noel Connors out of the squad now they're down poor Igmahi like who who's the who's the favourite there do you think? Brendan Cummins always says that if the All-Ireland was played below the shoulders the Cork would win it every year <laughs> and this is the opposite the exact the antithesis of that sort of an All-Ireland it's going to be all real hard won ball you're going to need loads of ball winners you're going to probably need loads of big kind of physical players not to, I'm, not, I'm not too sure if they have them and I think if you look at some of their forwards the best forwards in the game probably uh, like say Alan Cadigan Patrick Horgan Shane Kingston Will some of them get gobbled up a small bit with the way conditions are going to be with, with, a, with a kind of a heavy ball? They haven't performed in these conditions in recent years. So that would be a, a concern going in for Cork. But again, they have a point to prove then in, in that case. Everybody's probably saying that it's not going to be they're not going to be suited to a winter championship. So they have uh, a point to prove and a new manager, obviously, with Kieran Kingston. There's very little talk about Cork. And maybe it's because of what I'm saying there. People just don't think conditions will be conducive for them. So it'll be interesting there. Liam Cattle has kind of shuffled the deck in Waterford, left off Noel Connors, obviously, three-time All-Star, and Morris Shanahan, an All-Star as well. He's been gutted by injury in, in recent weeks. Connor Prunty, the vice-captain, is still struggling, but I think it's a calf injury. Neil Montgomery has a hamstring injury, and Connor Gleeson has a hamstring injury as well. And now Parik Mahoney, which, would look, which looks like it could be a crucial, which could see him out of not only this year's championship, but possibly next year's championship as well, which is a disaster for him after overcoming that, that horror leg break a couple of years ago and getting back to his best. Um, again, Waterford don't have those big physical players. The, the likes of Desi Hutchison, obviously a former professional soccer player, lightning fast, but like not six foot four and you know with a brilliant hand on him. So... You're kind of it, that's an interesting semi-final. It's a great opportunity for both of them as well because what's success for Waterford this year? Success is winning a championship game because they haven't won one in three years. They can do that in their first game and anything after that would be a massive, massive bonus. So a huge game for them there. 
Manny missing is a huge loss though as well, especially as captain as well. You'd probably be tipping the scales to Cork, but that 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 should be that should be a tight game and it's a, there's a monster final at play for both of those, which is a huge incentive before the year starts. Win one game and you're in a Munster final. And then you're in an all Ireland quarter final thereafter. Yeah, it's set up really nicely. Now, look, looking at Leinster now, you have Kilkenny playing the winners of Dublin and Leash and then Wexford Galway on the other side of the draw. The odds would tell you that Kilkenny are, are the best place team there to advance through the front door. How do you see it? Yeah, uh, similar similar to Tipperary. I think their age profile, a, a lack, the lack of pre-season and how kind of this is kind of an all kind of a wham bam, thank you, ma'am, championship. Very, very, very quick. I think it will suit some of their older players. The likes of TJ and Colin Fenley have been they've been shooting the lights out with Ballyhale for the last two or three years and with Kilkenny. So they're just bringing their club form straight into county. I think like people I think people can kind of be a bit kind of get, be a bit kind of maybe fogged on what Brian Cody has achieved with Kilkenny. If you look, they haven't won All Ireland since since twenty fifteen. Some people call it this year as the drive for five, It'd be five years without an All Ireland, which would be kind of unheard unheard of really in, in Kilkenny. But I'd argue to say that Brian Cody's best two performances with Kilkenny throughout his career were one probably winning the length the league title in twenty eighteen and last year beating Limerick when nobody predicted in the All Ireland semi final. I think they've built really, really nicely over the last couple of years and I think they have a squad now. I don't I don't think they had a, a squad up in the list that were probably over reliant on, on TJ. But there's a couple of new players, um one in particular, Owen Cody from Ballyhale. Uh, he's probably going to be thrown into the forward line. He scored three five against Clare in a recent challenge game. He's probably going to be thrown into the forward line along with his with his club teammates. You throw maybe Billy Ryan, Walter Walsh, Richie Hogan into that forward line. All of a sudden, you're thinking, yeah, like these these are definitely contenders with the best hurler in the game leading the line from centre forward. They've shored up things at the back with Hugh Lawler coming in. I think uh, young Tommy Walsh, as he's called from Tullerone, I think he'll probably stake a claim for a corner back spot. Killian Buckley looks like he's going to miss the Leinster semi-final with a broken thumb, but they've still got serious strength in depth. Park Walsh in defence, one of the best defenders in the game. So I think they're, I think they're in a great position coming in. I, I, I couldn't see them not being in a Leinster final. It'd mm. be a massive shock if they're not in a Leinster final. And the other side of the draw, goal with Wexford had a blockbuster clash to kick things off. They're they're playing in two weeks' time. Wexford obviously have had a bit of COVID disruption, and then Galway. I saw Joe Canning talking last week, and he's saying he basically hasn't really played championships since 2018 because he only got a very brief cameo off the bench against Dublin uh, when they were defeated in that upset uh, last year. Um, or so it was almost two years ago now. Um, but you know, how do you read that game? Like Galway, I think are marginal favourites, but you know there could be an upset there as well. Yeah, I asked uh, Eddie Brennan last week. I said, Eddie, if this was your first year with Leash, what do you think you would have done? And he kind of laughed and said, "Because I think I nearly would have, I nearly would have packed it in." He said, "Just with everything, uh, all the kind of turbulence throughout the year, and that's what Shane O'Neill has had to deal with in his first year. Like this is Davy's fourth year. He knows his squad really well. He trusts his squad. They know the way they have to play. They know exactly what they have to do." Shane O'Neill came in with Galway. Um, probably out of the blue. I don't think anybody would have seen him maybe as Galway manager, despite his. His, uh, his experience with and success with Napiershig. He's come in, they were just starting to bed things down nicely in the league. Just before lockdown hit, they had a brilliant performance against Tip and Salt Hill. Then they're gone for six or seven months. They've only been back, like, like all teams, since mid, mid-September. But when you're coming in as a new manager, they're still, they're still trying to sort out a style of play. He's still trying to find out who is playing where. So I think they have a good few questions to answer. They were beaten fairly convincingly, convincingly by Limerick in a challenge game a couple of weeks ago. You have Limerick who know exactly what they have to do, like Wexford and Galway maybe, who are not sure who should be playing where and still kind of learning on their feet. 
the Dahi Burke um the Dahi Burke situation is very, very interesting. If he's not fit to play, did they leave Gerard McInerney full back or did they put Fintan Burke in full back, who was brilliant for, for Thomas's? If Dahi Burke is fit to play, does he does he put him in full back where we know he'll play well, or does he leave him out midfield where he's been playing great stuff for Turlock Moore? It's a, it's an interesting one. I wouldn't be surprised if if Galway if Galway were beaten and got a run through the back door and find out, found out exactly what their best team was. But saying that too, Galway have probably had the, the stranglehold on Wexford in recent years. And you have to remember as well, Davey's back there. He's, not, he's obviously not back there you know, for nothing. He obviously thinks they can win All-Ireland. They were very, very close to a final last year. So like, what's, what's success for Wexford this year? Probably a minimum getting to something like an All-Ireland final or winning a Leinster title and getting back to a semi-final or a final. That's probably success for them this year. Just on the, the, the game we probably haven't touched on, Leach in Dublin is a really interesting one this weekend as well because you'd expect Dublin to be spitting fire at Leach after that massive upset last year, dumped them out of championship. I think it was on June 15th, like Dublin looked like you know, they were not that they were maybe you know serious all Ireland contenders, but they were just on the edge of you know maybe Limerick tip these teams when they beat Galway. Then all of a sudden they were dumped out of the championship two weeks later. That's going to be they're going to be mad for revenge against Leash. Don't think they'll have it all their own way though, and I don't know if Dublin are even as strong as they were last year. So I, I expect Leash to put it up to them there. Uh, the Dublin like a defeat will be an absolute disaster. For Matty Kenny in Dublin, if they're beaten by Leash for the second year in a row, like he he probably under serious pressure there. But loads of interesting, interesting little subplots there. Before we get to it, like there's going to be some amount of water under the bridge before we get to a Leinster final, whoever's in it. Yeah, and Leash Dublin this Saturday as well to, to kick off the hurling championship. Just a word, uh, Michael, on the John McDonough and Christy Ring Cups. I think you know Westmead probably favourites in the John McDonough, and then your own county Offaly looking to bounce straight back up, I guess, in Christy Ring. Yeah, the Joe McDonough is an interesting one. Chatting to, to Darren Gleeson only the last couple of days there, and he's obviously had a bit of a COVID scare. They've had a player test positive uh, for COVID after winning the Division 2A league final against Kerry at the weekend. But he was just saying about the Joe McDonough in particular, he literally could throw a blanket over the five teams in the Joe McDonough. The fact that there's no relegation this year from the Joe McDonough because there's going to be six teams next year probably means you can go at it even more. There's the safety net there. You know, you're not worried about you know if you're three points down pushing on to try and keep in a game because if you get bet by 10, you're under pressure for score difference. Teams can really go for it. Uh, Westmead have added, uh, have added Noel Larkin to their backroom team and they've also added Davy Glennon, uh, the former Galway player. They're still up in the air whether he'll actually be eligible to play this weekend. They start off against Antrim. Antrim missing Neil McManus who limped off at the weekend in the league final. Uh, tough task for Westmead heading up to a kind of a buoyant kind of an Antrim an Antrim team just after winning league title they're going up they have Division 1 hurling next year they're absolutely delighted with themselves and then look at Kerry Kerry have been there thereabouts the last couple of years they're capable the teams in the, the Joe McDonough they're all capable of beating each other on a given day then you have Carlo coming back down from the Leinster Championship Colin Bonner I think most people thought he was going to probably leave Carlo He's like, what's what's his goal for the season? His sole goal for the season is to get back up to uh, the Leinster Championship for next year. So there's a massive, massive incentive. And as I, as I wrote my piece for the the Championship magazine preview there at the weekend, like the absurdity of the Munster Championship rules will be brought up again if Kerry were were to win the Joe McDonough. The fact that they'd have to play a relegation slash promotion game against the I don't know what way that would work this year to be honest with you with the bottom team in Munster I don't know what, yeah. what that would so like you, you kind of just I'd say there's people up in Crow Park just hoping that these kind <laughs> of uh, scenarios don't play out as regards the, the Christy Ring 
like Michael Fenley's come in with Offaly, the only like the only success for Offaly this year is just to get up out of the Christie ring and get back into the John McDonough. Uh, their opening game this weekend, uh, Fenley comes up against David Herity, his old Kilkenny teammate. So there's there's loads there's loads at stake there. The fact that there is a back door in the Christie ring also helps any team if they do get caught the first day that they that they be able to kind of bounce back and regroup. But Jesus, I'd be I'd be shocked if anyone but Offaly is win is winning the Christie ring. But again, they're a big name team. Uh, we're obviously in All Ireland only twenty years ago. Everyone will raise their game for them as well, which which is going to be interesting too. And yeah. loads of interesting names. Only three teams in the Laurie Mar this year, um, and I'd expect be expecting Loud to be winning that. And I probably have Donegal as favourites for the Nicky Racker. They have uh, Declan Coulter, the ex Armagh player, and Davin Flynn, ex Tipperary underage player. But yeah, loads of games going to be coming thick and fast. It's it's great to be uh, great to be able to look forward to it. No, definitely. And just to wrap up then, I want your provincial winners and your All-Ireland finalists and All-Ireland winners in the Hurling Championship. Yeah, funnily enough, uh, I, had, I, had my, I had my jury selections sent in for the Independent Magazine before I, uh, before I realised my case he was out. And that does, that does actually change my kind of uh, opinion on it. I think Limerick will probably still win Munster, but I think by the time they get to the All-Ireland stage, it could be vulnerable, particularly if they pick up an injury. So I'm going for Limerick for Munster, Kenny for Leinster and Tipperary for the All-Ireland. Finally, a back-to-back in tip for the first time, as you said, since, since uh, 1965, which will set things up nicely. But what a mouthwater in a couple of weekends we have uh, in store in the Hurling Championship. Michael, thanks so much for joining me. Cheers, well. And that's all we have time for on the throne this week in association with Board Gosh Energy. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week to review all the action. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thanks for listening and goodbye. Board Gosh Energy, proud sponsor of the GAA All-Ireland Under-20 and Senior Hurling Championships. Hashtag hurling to the core.